0: Okay, today with uh, Hashem we'll be learning the Ein Aleph in Maseches Ksubis. We're dedicating this one to David, who's doing something to do with school and uh, carpool, and Barry, who uh, is marrying off a grandchild or did last night. Probably is not marrying him off anymore. Miles um, tells you should be and of course to Andrew, our fearless leader, should all be to health and bracha and all b'chol masayadim. And, of course, the Ilan of Chaimzev Um and Ravaria Wolf. Okay. All the dear people in our life. Uh, a crazy story about how Zev and Diet Mountain Dew uh kind of saved my life the other day, but not for now, because we have some work cut out for us, as Andrew points out. Six lines down in the wide on I Bay is as follows. The mission said, At Shim Yom, Yamid Parnas. Right? Remember that we said, that we're in the uh, sugyas here where a man is going to be ta- in the Mishnah. He's saying that he can't, have, he can't give his wife Hana, right? That he's not going to, he tells her, it, it sounds like when we read it, it's like a fight, right? Like I'm, you, can't, you can't get any, anything from me anymore or whatever. And he says it in the form of a nedar. We're going to talk a little bit about this idea of nadarim um, because we're going to have different cases of, of these types of nadarim coming up today. Bezat Hashem. And so he said that he can't support her. That's right. She can't have enough for him for 30 days. And so until 30 days, he's going to have somebody else support her. In other words, he's going to appoint somebody else to support her. To which the Gemara asks, So ask the Gemara if he's appointing somebody else. So then isn't that the same as supporting her? And isn't that a violation of his neder, of his vow? He's saying it in general terms It's like um, This is by the way What I'm about to say Is usser to do But it's like telling You know where like The air conditioner turned off In your apartment in Brooklyn You go out and you try to find a guy, And you say Oh it's it's hot It's hot in my apartment And you're supposed to like Hint at the idea That they're supposed to understand That you can't turn on the AC And they should come in Really Amir al Doesn't work that way If they do it directly for you You can't be nana from it But be that as it may that's the language here, a general language. It's a kind of wording where he's saying, you know, it wouldn't hurt if uh, somebody supported her. Okay, so by saying it in this roundabout way, he is circumventing the nether because he's not actually appointing somebody directly to do the nether. This um, obtuse language is not, it's still, I mean, the guy's still doing his, his agency, right? The, the person who he's appointed is still doing what he has to do. And after all, Vatnan, we said in Gittin, Samech Vav, there's a Mishnah that says that if you say things in unclear terms, it still works as follows. Mishayomushloch V'Amar Kol shameha koloi yichtav Get yishto. Person is in a pit. And what is he thinking about in the pit? That he wants to divorce his wife. So he says, anybody who hears my voice, please write a get for the wife. So, haray elu yichtav uv'inu. Anybody who hears his voice can write again and give it to her. Uh, okay. So right now, this sounds like Akasha, right? It's because he's because they're saying this is not really explicit instruction to explicit shaliach, but I could say that it's different. In fact, the Gemara contends those are two different cases. Right? In other words, the the question is that the case in Gittin sounds also like it's, uh, that, that it's not general. And that shlichus works is the point, right? Because in the Torah, it says, but not, right, that you have to the Nassan, right? yada, you have to give a get into the into the woman's hands. And here, even though it's sort of like diffuse and, and general terms, it's like a real shlichus. If it's a real shlichus, then that Shaliach, that agent, is considered like an extension of the Baal. So if it's an extension of the Baal in Gitin, for the case of giving the divorce document, why would it not be an extension of the Baal for the extension for uh, supporting the wife and thus a violation of the vow? the Are those really two different cases? In other words, yeah, that's what I would have said. That in Gittin, the issue is, is totally different. In Gittin, it's very clear. He's asking very clearly what he wants to be done. Right? He's not saying, oh, it's hot in my apartment and hoping that the guy he finds in the street is going to figure out that he has to go in and turn on his air conditioning. On the contrary, he's being very explicit. He says, please write the Gittin. He's giving all the instructions. Right? Ha ha ka, mi kamar yazun. Here, he's not giving ex- explicit instructions. Call Hazan Kamer. All he's saying is, I really wish somebody would support her. He's not actually appointing a shalich. Those are two very, very different things. And therefore, that is not the issue. The issue is not that he's that the person's really doing a shalichus. Okay. However, now we're going to bring another case where this uh, sort of uh, non-specific... Uh, Right, and this non-specific appointment of a shaliach does work as follows. Well, I'm a Rabbi Ami. Bit this we learned in Shabbos Kufiy already, so this will be familiar to you. There's a fire. Okay. Now, as Rashi points out, we have a special halacha on Shabbos that when there's a fire in the house, that is when we kind of do suspend. I just told you, you're not allowed to tell uh, uh, a non-Jew. As a matter of fact, Andrew, if you're sitting in a room on Shabbos. Even if you don't tell the non-Jew anything, if the room is dark and the person and the and and Nanju turns the light on for you, for your benefit, you're supposed to like leave the room. Okay, it's, even if you don't tell them anything, people not everybody realizes that. So, but that's not true for fire. Why? Chazal made a special thing. The the, the said that person sees song, God forbid they see. All their worldly possessions going up in flames. If the, we did not allow Amir al in that case, the, um, this non specific kind of Amir al we fear the person's going to go just put out the fire on his own, which would be an Isser Raisa. So that's a very unique case. So let's, let's look at the case. Amir hitir lomar. in that case of a, of a burning building, they allowed us to do this Amir al and to say, call him a chabe Right, we're allowed to say this diffuse language, non-specific language. Anybody, you know what? It wouldn't be a pro, you know, it wouldn't hurt if somebody turned uh, uh, put out this fire. So says the Gemara. Bid mai. So now the Gemara is saying, when we said that in the fire it's allowed, what were we trying to say? We were trying to say that in every other case it's not allowed. In other words, Lala, gavna. did we not mean to exclude a case like this where, when you do not. Right. In other words, in that case, it's not considered a shlichus, because if it were considered a shlichus in the case of a burning building, then it would be awesome. But there we said that it's not considered a shlichus. Does that not mean that every other case is considered a shlichus? Like, for example, in this case, right, Lamute Gavna, in our case, aren't we saying in Shabbos that that's the only case in the world where the shlichus doesn't work because we're trying to save you from going in and putting out the burning building and being over the lavdo or whereas in this case over here where you're trying to appoint somebody to support your wife, that shlichus would work and therefore be a violation of the vows, so says the Gemara, no. Lo. Now that case where it says, bidlekei tirulomar, they're trying to say that only in a burning building do we allow this shlichus for malachas of Shabbos. Um... But for every other malacha Shabbos, you would be considered a shaliyah and thus be usher. So it's not really talking about, right, those are not the same context. In other Shabbos contexts, it would be it would be usher, right, to do this kind of hinting, like to turn on the air conditioning, to turn off the bulb in the refrigerator, to turn on the light in the den, right? All of these things, that would be actually not allowed to do. But in a burning building, the chazal uh, relieved it. Over here, Right, it's different because the Yisur Shabbos is very chumar, says Rashi. Right, that's an Yisur Malacha Raisa. but here, but Nadarim lo gazer. But by Nadarim, we're not as concerned, and as we'll see, when it comes to Nadarim, we're a little bit less uh, worried. Um, I think we're a little lax, Andrew. I don't think we take these Nadarim so seriously as you'll see. So massive rava thirteen lines up from the bottom. So here we go. We're going to have some cases where we see that this that we allow ourselves to be tricky. You know, sometimes we have loopholes, Andrew, and the, when we allow these loopholes, it's usually out of a certain concern. So in the case of a burning building, we're allowing the loophole because we don't want you to go run into a burning building, put out the fire, be over there, etc. When it comes to these Nadarim, I, we're very we're not encouraging the altogether. We really don't want you to make nadharm in the first place. And so we have this thing that we're already very familiar with of Hataras Nadharim. We're gonna be doing it soon, and right and um an Air So when we do the Hataras Nadharim and Kol Nedre, which is coming up, so it's all a dafyomi coincidence, right? There's ways to get around the nether and to undo it, because we're not we're not really fond of these nadharim in the first place. So watch this. Masaraba. Okay, so what happened here was, let's take me and you as an example, Andrew. Um, I'm always helping you out, let's face it, right? And at a certain point, you, you, you got upset. You said, uh, enough, enough. Stop doing stuff for me. I, I don't want, and you are modar hanav for me. You're not allowing me to, to give you anything anymore. Uh, simply because you want, you want me to just move on. You want to be able to take care of yourself. However, we're not going to use me and you as an example because I don't like the way this is playing out. But the bottom line is, uh, Frank is mother enough from Sam, and Frank doesn't have anything to eat. So then, so Sam, okay, sees that Frank has nothing to eat, and Sam knows that Frank already has vowed not to accept anything from Sam anymore. But Sam still wants to give. All he ever wants to do is continue to give to Frank because he sees that Frank is in trouble. So so Sam goes to his usual uh, grocer, let's say, and he says to the grocer, again, in this like hinting kind of language, By the way, Frank, I know that you you know me and you know Frank, right? He tells the grocer. Well, guess what? Frank has decided he's not going to give any enough for me anymore. But I know that Frank doesn't have any money. And I don't know how to help him. And that's it. He doesn't say any more than that. So guess what? Hamei yovin is what right? The grocer understands, because this is his usual daily grocer. Who knows, saying low, that grocer gets the hint. He gives the food to Frank. tell me And then the grocer comes and he gets the money from Sam anyway. So that's, again, right, trickery. Why do Chazal allow this kind of trickery and loophole? Because... We don't really want this vow, we don't take this vow so seriously. We're going around it, right? Because he's not technically appointing, again, if he's Modahana, certainly Sam couldn't buy the groceries and just give them to Frank, right? Nor could he necessarily tell the grocer directly, hey, give Frank the stuff. But he could say, you know, I was Modahana, I don't know what to do, and then like, HaMaven Yavin, and then reimburse the grocer. Okay. So ask the Gemara, HaKi Udashari, Aval Hazan, Afsid Lo. So wait a second. So this, like trick with Frank and Sam and the grocer, that's working. But what you can't say, um, right? He, he says, but I call hazan in a mafsid. Lo, and I hazan in a mafsid is not considered is is not allowed. So the Gemara says, lo mi bayi kamar. It's true. Both of those cases would work. In other words, lo mi bayi call hazan in a mafsid did le alma kamar. Right? It's obviously when he says call hazan in a mafsid, it's obviously permitted. Avalhai, right, so we initially assumed that it's only in that case with the grocer that because that's a little bit more of a trick, that that would be mutter, but this way it would not be mutter. But he said, No. That both of them are mutter, Avalhai, you would have thought that it's not, but Avalhai came in the rugged of a causal kamarle commander Amrlay Zil Havleyat Dami. You might have thought that only in the case where with the grocer, right, came in the rugged letzlovakal karai, since it's his usual grocer, and he goes there all the time. And he says to him, so-and-so needs food. It's as if he said it explicitly, right? It's as if he said, "Zil havle et tami, go give him my money. And the Mishnah is teaching us that even though the second case is really more permitted. In other words, in our case of kol hazan no enum is a little more of a trick. It's all a question like which is more explicit, which is less explicit. It seems more explicit in the case of the grocer because he's literally, you're identifying who you need to give it to. You're identifying who should be the one giving it to right? You've identified who should be the recipient and who should be the giver, right? Namely, right, the recipient is frank, the giver is the grocer, and you've identified all of them, and yet it's still allowed, That even that's allowed, right? Whereas in the case of the wife, where you're supporting, you say, call Hazan, you're basically like kind of leaving it a little more open-ended. Both of them are a little bit of a trick. We we get the message regardless, and it's not considered a shlichus, it's allowed, it's not a violation of the vow is the point, right? Okay. Now eight lines up from the bottom. Gufa. Okay, so there is a piece here in Zion, the Masorah Sashas. There's a whole Torah over here. There's an issue. Gufa. Gufa usually means that we're taking something that we already quoted and we're looking at it from another angle. We're sort of fleshing it out. Here we're not. We're just giving more cases. So the Kasha here in the Masorah Sashas is that the uh, that's, that's usually the case. When wherever we're giving more cases, it's usually in Mishnaiyas and Taras, because Taras doesn't have any Gemara. And this, we're doing the Dharm. The Dharm does have Gemara. The answer is, the Dharm is not a very, uh, was not something that we learned very much. It might also be a manifestation of the idea. This I learned from Rabbi Ari the great Tafiyami Master Shlita, that. Uh, manifestation of the idea that we're not really into Nidharm, and people didn't, were discouraged from making Nidharm, so therefore people didn't really learn that, that much. In fact, Rashi has a Madura Basra and everywhere except for Nidharm. When you learn Nidharm, you learn Nidharm and Ran. I learned that from my grandfather. He said, my grandfather, when he went to the, into the, uh, Holocaust, into, into the war Good morning, he used to say, I didn't know anything. He had like a private tutor. He never had formal yeshiva training. So he never really got a chance to learn. He told me, you get a chance to learn. I didn't get a chance to learn. I only had like a private tutor till he was a teenager, 12, 13, 14. All I learned was Baba Kama, Baba Metziah, Baba Vastras, and Makos, Nadar, Mitten, Ran, Kedushin, uh, Gitten, and, uh, and all of Nashim and Nazikin and Mos- and Moed. Anyway, so Nadar, N- Mitten, Ran. About, uh, Andrew is, is back. Hey, Goronowitz, we're eight lines <laughs> up from the bottom of and Bez. Here we go, Gufo. So anyway, more cases in the Doreen, and you could still say Gufa, even though it's not Taharis, even though there is Gemara, it's not very well known, and therefore we can bring more cases as follows. (laughs) Um, Right, so Frank says, I don't want any of your help anymore, Sam, and he makes a nether to that regard. And yet, Sam has nothing to eat. (laughs) Uh, Frank has nothing to eat, rather. (laughs) It's low. Sam goes to his usual grocery. And he says to the grocer, "Frank was mother enough for me. I don't know what to do for him. Who knows?" no me that. So again, the storekeeper is giving him, giving Frank food, and then Sam could pay him. Then the Mishnah continues. Beso Livnos, Frank has many needs. He has to build a house. He has to make a fence. Somebody has to take care of his lawn. And again, he has no money to pay for any, of these, for any of these right house maintenance things. So what does Sam do? Sam really cares about his friend Frank. He goes, against, he goes and he hires, essentially. Well, not really hires. These are the usual workers that used to go. The usual gardener, a uh, shout-out to Hoodie Traub, uh, the usual guy who takes care of the lawn. And he says to him, And he said, listen, I know that Frank has no money, he hasn't paid you in a while. But the thing is that Frank was moeder hanah from me. And I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And Hoodie Traub is, no, is a sharp cookie. He gets the hint, right? He knows he And so Hoodie mows uh, Frank's lawn. And he knows who to send the link to for the payment. He sends it to Sam. And even though it's as if Sam is paying Hoodie to do it, because certainly in the end that's what he's doing, this is not a direct shlichus. It's not a violation of the moeder of the hanah that Sam did, and therefore it's okay. Now, it is an interesting thing, and we'll see this reciprocity here with the husband and wife also, meaning it wasn't really Sam who was mother Hana, right? Frank was the one that swore off Sam's help. And so is it really us or does Sam help to help him? Um, it's an interesting discussion. So anyways, another case. So now Sam and Frank are walking, as they do, they take a lot of trips together, they're in the Grand Canyon. They run out of food, they run out of provisions. Uh, when They don't both run out, only Frank runs out. Sam still has all of his stuff. However, he had, uh, he had sworn off, right? Frank had sworn off, uh, getting anything from Sam. So, nois and Fortunately, they have a third guy with them. Garanowitz went with them to the Grand Canyon. So, what does Frank do? What does Sam do? He gives the stuff as a gift to Goranowitz. And so then Sam can take from Goranowitz instead of from Frank and everything's good umtu that 's allowed okay what if it 's just Frank and Sam so he 'll put it on top of you know, the fence or or on top of whatever the steps up to from the bottom to the top of the grand Canyon and he puts it on there and he makes it hefka there 's nobody around anyone who wants to take this bread and water could take it again this trick right and then Right, Frank can take it and eat it. For Rabiosi, oh, so Rabiosi says, okay, that's ridiculous. There's only two people, <laughs> right? You can't, uh, there's only two people. Frank was more de from Sam. There's nobody else around. Fr- uh, Frank runs out of stuff, and Sam just says, oh, you know what, here, I'm not giving it to you. I'm it, and you pick it up. That, Rabiosi says, is not cool. So I'm arriving, my time to Rabiosi. Why is Rabiosi not allowing this? Because they are as we arrive at i'm I'll off. Ahmed Allah for the top, Mice the base Kharon, because the story based Kharon, which that's he leaves it at that, doesn't tell you what the story is. It's the Dharma basically like this. Father uh tossed his son out of the house, let's say, and said, I never want anything from you ever. Okay? They get into a fight. All right, they grow up later, the son has his own son, and he marries that son off. This happened in Beit Kharon. At the wedding The father of the chassan says, you know what? I'm going to reconcile with the old man, with my dad, who had kicked me out of the house and swore me off. But I can't invite him to the wedding because he had sworn Hadna for me. And it was like an open-ended thing. So he gives his friend uh, all of his house and all of his possessions, right? Like he does like a mechiras chameitz, just like mechiras everything. He says, you have everything. He gives to his friend and he says, now you can make the wedding technically... And then my father could go because he's not getting enough for me, technically. So then his friend, so they have the wedding, they have a great time, and then his friend says, by the way, I was maktish all, all your belongings to the base of Mikdash. So I don't know if he was trying to teach him a lesson or if he did it for real. And so the guy who made the chasana, who, now, who gave all of his possessions to his friend just so that his father could come to the wedding, said, what do you mean you were maktish it? I only did this whole shtick so that my father could come to the wedding. So then he was trying to prove a point. He's like, well, if that was just a shtick, so then why would it work, you see? There is a balance. Sometimes it's so shticky, it's so obvious why you're doing it. If you make a condition that this is why you're doing it, it's so shticky that we're not going to take it seriously. So that would be the case also when you're in the Grand Canyon. It's obvious that you're giving the canteen to your friend, right? And there's nobody else around, so that might not work. But anything short of that, so the Rebbe doesn't like that one but anything short of that Andrew is fine because we, we're not taking these in the Dharm so seriously okay. and that, but as opposed to emir al-akum where we take Hilchah Shabbos very seriously right there we're only going to allow it in the case of a fire that's the point okay so the Mishnah continued like this Rebbe Yudah Amir, two dots in the very first line nine aleph, um, and aleph. what was this difference between Israel and the Kohen where there's one oh, a term of one month versus two months in our Mishnah so the Gemara says first of all the Tanah said that there was a term of a month. So what does Machlokis write, Rabbi Yehuda, uh, when he says, So the says, Rabbi Yehuda agrees with the Tanah but the whole point of why he's saying this uh, 30 days thing, one month thing, is because he's setting up the fact that there's a distinction between an Yisrael and a Cohen. Remember, a Kohen, we're much more going to dis- d- discourage divorce because they can't remarry, so... Uh, therefore, we're gonna hold out a little bit longer. Okay, so Rav Amar Chodesh, Mada B'chodesh Chasur, Yaki says a different shot, that it's like, uh, why there would be a about by this, I don't know, but according to the Tanakama, it's a full 30 days, whereas according to Behuda, who says Chodesh, the reason why he's repeating the Tanakama is not because he's repeating the Tanakama to set up the shot of the two month thing, but rather because he holds only 29 days. So, Amar, okay, fine. So now, uh, disagreement. Amarav, el Farish. What was the <laughs> La Labriot. The husband provides, right, for, uh, and sets up his wife for 30 days. That's only when the husband specified the 30 days. Aval Oh. Mechlokas Rav Shmuel here. Rav is going to say that if it's stam, which means um, categorically, unspecified, unspecified term, I don't want you to have any more enough for me. In Ksuba. Rav says if you don't specify so it's like this the husband says to the wife terrible relationship but the husband uh, terrible dude sounds like he says to the wife you can never have enough for me again or you can't have enough for me he doesn't say doesn't give any so she he doesn't say any timestamp so she is uh, anxiety ridden she's like when is this ever going to end oh she can demand a right away. I gotta get out of this. As opposed to Shmuel, Shmuel Amar, In other words, for Shmuel, the 30 days continues even when he doesn't give an actual timestamp. Oh, you'll say she has anxiety. Well, let give it 30 days. We tell the wife, calm down. He'll probably reconcile within 30 days. Says the Gemara, wait a minute. Why are they having the machlakas here? They don't we don't need to explain the machlokas here. We've had this bakokas already, but if it's himnah because it's not we learned in the Mishnah recently, ten blot ago. Remember this case? When the husband says his wife can't have any relations with him. So Bishamah and Baisil both said that you have to wait. They argued about how long. Bishama said two weeks. Baisil said one week. And, and there too, we have the same exact Machlokas, if you might recall. The Rav says that if he explicitly says it, so there's Machlokas between one week, two weeks. And Bistam, Rav said, just like he said over here, he has to get, she can demand the Ksuba right away. And there, Shmuel said that even with Stam, let's see if they can reconcile this. Reconcile this. Right? Because the whole idea is maybe there will be a reconciliation. The husband will change his mind and and he will undo his vow. So, why do we have the machlokas there as well as the machlokas here? So, the answer is, should be obvious. If you only learned our case over here, uh, rather, uh, in that case of the Mishnah 10 blot ago regarding marital relations by Ekam Rav. It was only there where Rav might have said right, that he has to divorce her immediately, because after all, Mishum Delo after Befarnes, that cannot be done. Right, like, don't forget, our Mishnah, he's actually getting somebody else to support her. He's not gonna get somebody else to uh to uh fill in for the obligation of Ona. That's not gonna happen. So Mishub Over there, Rob's gonna say, No, you have to get divorced right away because there is no Right, fill in individual who's going to fulfill that obligation. Avabahada after is here, maybe it's going to be open-ended where even Rav is going to say like Shmuel, let's wait for reconciliation because after all, she's being supported in the interim, right? Ema modula Shmuel because she, he's supported in the interim. Be mar Baha and the flip side, but for the same reason is that if we only learned our case where he's supporting her, Baha Karmar Shmuel, maybe only there Shmuel will have reconciliation because after all, somebody else can be filling in But perhaps 10 blad ago in the Mishnah where it has to to do with living with her with relations he would have agreed with Rav because again for the same reason because there's nobody who can fill in Tzricha right it is because there's nobody fill in maybe Shmuel would have agreed with Rav that she is divorced right away and therefore we need to express the Rav Shmuel both in the case of cohabitation as well as here in the case of support in both cases Rav will say she is going to she can demand the Ksuba right away whereas Shmuel says wait 30 days for the reconciliation so now two dots eight lines up from the wide T'nan we're going to challenge the sheet of Shmuel of reconciliation as follows. We have a case again of the Darim. What is his pronouncement over here? He's making it. This is our Mishnah. You might recall our Mishnah says she can't have any nectarines. So she says, you know what? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I'm demanding a ksuba. She says so. rav. That makes sense for rav, right? Kan because all he says was he doesn't give any timestamp. He doesn't give any specification. He just says no more nectarines. So according to rav, she can demand a ksuba. Kanbi right? Because again, in the in in the case where he's mifarish, she doesn't have to. Uh, so you could say right in the, where he specified. Right, so then for, we have that period of time when he's not specified, so then she can demand the Ksuba right away. But according to Shmuel, right, okay, so it's a nectarine and it's an indefinite amount of time. But Shmuel apparently holds that we always wait for reconciliation. So why is the Mishnah saying uh, categorically that she can demand the Ksuba right away? So it's the Gemara. Oh, different case. Oh, this is not a case where the husband said something categorically this is the case where she made the nether Ah, oh, so here's the assumption here that if she makes the nether right and then he Vikim lahiu and he sort of like backs it up then in that case shmuel would not expect any reconciliation in other words, the way reconciliation works is the husband in a, like a fit of fury says something and Shmuel says, let's wait till he calms down. But here, if she's the one that's furious and he's also furious, we're not waiting for reconciliation. That would be the difference. Because Rabbi Rabbi Meir, okay, who knows and etzba ben shineha. So let me get into this concept. What is who knows and etzba ben shineha? It means like this. Even though it's the... The literal translation is the husband is the one that's putting his finger between her teeth. What does that mean? As follows. Even though it was the wife who made the initial nadar, right? And still, since the husband... I'll say it like this. A husband, as we have already discussed many times, Andrew, can be made than the nadharim of his wife. Okay. So what does that mean, Andrew? Where, that he can undo the nadharim of his wife. Let's say she makes nadarm, and he does not annul the vow. So whose responsibility is it? Well, you could say, well, she's the one that made the vow. It should be her responsibility. Well, on the other hand, you could say, well, the reason why he can, right, by, make, by giving him the authority to annul those vows, so now, anytime she makes it and he does not do so, does not annul the vow, that becomes his responsibility because he has the authority to do that. So by not doing it, who knows senespa menshineo? By not stopping her or annulling the vow after the fact, it's as if he made the vow. It's as if he put, right, and therefore what? And therefore she could demand the ksuba, in other words. In the case, if you would say that it's her responsibility, right, like she made a vow, I'm never mm-hmm. gonna have any annah from you, right? So if it's her responsibility, she can't demand the ksuba because she's the one that made the nether. She was not the one responsible for this breakdown in the relationship. Right, but but the fact that but the the fact that he confirmed it as Andrew says, and he had the authority to annul it, so now that's his responsibility. And guess what? Then that the ramification would be that because it's his responsibility, he would that she can in fact demand the kubur from him. That's so no no confirm no confirming and no denying. Andrew asks a good question. So how does that work? So the answer is not annulling the vow, not doing the hafaris and is tantamount to confirmation. It's a tacit confirmation, Andrew. Okay, so that's the good question, and that's the answer. Okay, so now, so that's the question in a tacit confirmation. He's just silent. Well, silence is sometimes violence, <laughs> right? Silence is violence. Silence is acceptance, and therefore, it is in fact his responsibility now that he didn't st- speak up. Okay, that's called who knows in ben now? Right When you say, no, senets, that would mean that she can, in fact, demand exuba. And that's what we would have to hold in order for our Mishnah to uh, to work. Because, again, if he was the one that made the vow, then shemuel would have a problem. Because, after all, we would wait for reconciliation. The only time that we don't wait for reconciliation is when she makes the vow. And he is silent. That's the only way that this would work. But the question is, does her mayor really hold? Right, that who knows does he really hold that it's the husband who is responsible? Tanya, we have a bride, so. A woman made a vow of nazirah. We hate all these vows. We're not into it. But basically, what happened? He was just silent. The husband, after having heard this. her mayor, her he not mayor, say that she's the one that puts the finger between her mouth, which is to say she's the one that's responsible. Yeah. And the husband, if he wanted to annul it, he still can because it's her responsibility and therefore she's held responsible. And in fact, if he says, you know what? I don't want to stay with this woman anymore because she's making the dharm and I'm not into that kind of girl she has to go out and see, there's the rub, right? He doesn't have to give her aksuba. He knows sentence that's we mayor and Rebid both hold of that, apparently in the Brysa, Because she, do, she does not have a right to demand aksuba because it's not his responsibility, it's hers. It's hers. Whereas Ribi Yosef, I mean, who knows sentence Shinea? Ribi Yosef, held that it would be his responsibility. And thus, and thus, And therefore, it's true that he could still be made for the nether. However, if instead of Right, annulling the vow, he decides, you know what? I'm not going to annul the vow. I'm just going to annul the wife. I'm going to get rid of this girl because I don't want Anishina Adronis. So then he, he does, he can divorce her, but of course he's gonna to have to pay the ksuba because it was his responsibility for the fact that he was not my friend. Either. What we see here, however, is it sounds like Rav Meir and Biosi hold that it's her responsibility. And we just said that he held that it's his responsibility. So this is a Gemara 8 book, right? We have these Bryce's floating around. They're not so well edited. So we'll keep the Mishnah, but we're gonna turn the Bryce around and we say, Ramea, Rabbi Yudo, Omerum, Hunoysen, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Lazar, The way you understand it is you have to flip it around, that it's really Ramea and Rabbi who hold that who knows saying that's his responsibility and is therefore consistent with the idea that it's his responsibility and he would have to give the ksuba according to Remeir and according to Rabbi Yehuda. However, as the Gemara he nasna. Now that we switched it around, now we have a problem with Rabbi Yosi because Rabbi Yosi himself and Remeir argue in that case. So one of them is going to say, right, he nasna, but But we learn in our very Mishnah you might recall, Rabbi Yossi himself says, mer, ba, anio kitzvah. in the case of what? Of a poor woman that he has to divorce his wife right away if he didn't give a certain limit. Well, Shmuel has, would have a problem with that. Because again, we're back to Shmuel, should say that, Rabbi and Shmuel are trying to understand our Mishnah. According to Shmuel, there should have been reconciliation. Well, the reconciliation only works and then now you go through the whole rigmarole again. If reconciliation uh, only works if he's doing it. It must be a case where she's the one that's making the nether and he is giving tacit agreement. But if Herbiosi holds that he knows that it's baben uh, be shinea, then that whole explanation doesn't work, right? Because that whole explanation is predicated on who knows sin that's baben be shinea, the fact that it's his responsibility if he doesn't agree. So... How would Shmuel understand our Mishnah if Rabbi holds he Nesamit Etsba Ben Amazing. So the Gemara says, "Ema." No. So let's change the b'risa again. Where Rabeir Rabbi omrim who knows, saying Rabbi Yehuda of Eblaz, he Right? We'll still have our pairs, but the pairs we'll pair it up. So Mayor Rabbi who are the principles of our Mishnah, are on the same side, and we're going to say that they both hold of who knows and Etsba Ben Shina. So that should work. Says the Gemara. Uh oh. Yeah, but now you have a Ribhudah isn't going to make for a suburb Yehuda. He knows not. What about Rabbi Yehuda? All right, we have 3, Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda and and Rabbi Yossi all have to agree with who knows in Esben Shinea. And after all the Hatznan, our Mishnah says Rabbi Yehuda, he also quotes Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah because Rabbi Yehuda who Amar, Be'sra'al Yom Echarkayim, you might remember. So, Shmuel's going to have a problem with this because Shmuel in every one of these cases where it's where it's um Right. In every one of these cases where it's less than thirty days, Shemuel's gonna have a problem with the reconciliation issue, because Shemuel holds the reconciliation. Unless it's he, she who gave the nether. And her giving the nether only works if you hold who knows sin as we've said. So says the Gemara, so let's just pile up three against one. Mayor who knows and therefore Shmuel survives our Mishnah. Rabalazar hi nasna. And Rabbi Lazar is a single Das Yachar who says it. He so okay. But he's not mentioned in our Mishnah, so Rebbe Shmuel still survives. Uh It still makes sense. However, salomar what if you say that's two tanaim uh, on one side, two tanaim on the other, and three and one doesn't make any sense. So Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Lazar, or Rebbe so we'll say Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Lazar, they could say he nasna, Rebbe Huda, Rebbe Yossi, Omer Hu no, saying, Behas loki Rebbe Meir and just take Rabbi Meir out of our Mishnah, because after all, don't forget Andrew, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi are the only two who are explicitly mentioned in our Mishnah. And therefore, there's a possibility where you could say that Rabbi Meir is in fact, right, not the 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 um, the Stam author of our Mishnah, even though it typically is, right? We know that Stam Mishnah can Rabbi Meir, this would be an exception, and that's how Shmuel would have to say, and go out of the norm here, in order to survive his shot that we typically hold of the 30 Days of Reconciliation, and the only way you can survive that is by saying that Rabbi Meir is poskitting that he, right, um, right, that, that he, no son that's by Ben Shinea. Okay. So now, be that as it may, five lines up from the bottom, we say, In our Mishnah, we say like this, that what happens with the poor, with the poor woman, the anios We said that they don't get the per, the perfume, right, but there's a certain time limit. mefer But apparently a husband, um, can in fact be made for her nether, okay? And therefore he's res- held responsible for not being made for her nether. Well, that seems to contradict uh, the following brisa, or I mean, our Mishnah and the following brisa seem to be in conflict, as follows. So we see that there are certain things that a husband can in fact be made for the nether of his wife. And the, the premise here is like this, that things that um, are actually basic things the Baal can't just say you can't have it. So, for example, right? So, if the wife has a self denial thing, so it's it would be customary for him to annul that vow. Or Im So she says like if I bathe or if I don't bathe, Imet Kashet Im Kashet, or if I'm going to adorn myself with perfume. So i Rabbi Ain Elu Nidre right? The Elu Nidre right? So Rabbi however, disagrees with Tan- Tanakama. And he says, that's not considered self-denial, right? Bathing and perfume is not self-denial. Here's real self-denial, as follows. Shalom ochel basar. I'm not gonna eat meat, but shalom yain, I'm not gonna drink wine, shalom shalom cashet, And I won't adorn myself with igdetsivonim. In this case, not perfume, but with colored clothes. So, we see here, right, that according to Yosef, that if she makes a nether, not to benefit from perfume, it's not considered, uh, an issue of self-denial. So therefore, he can't be made for that. So that seems to be a contradiction according to our Mishnah, right? So how are we going to uh, reconcile that with the fact that in our Mishnah, So the Gemara says, Wait a minute. What are we talking about? Oh. So the thing in our Mishnah, it's not just frivolous things in our Mishnah. The reason why we that we're allowed to do it, is because it has to do with matters that have to do private physical intimacy issues between them. That, Rabiosi even would agree, that even though Rabiosi typically is not going to allow frivolous things to go on with regards to the Nidarim, this is not frivolous. It might sound frivolous because you're just talking about perfume, you're not talking about actual meat and potatoes, so to speak. However, here it's not frivolous because even though you might think it's frivolous, it has to do with something that impacts the husband. Anytime it actually impacts him directly in matters of intimacy, uh, it's actually going to be something that Yossi is going to take more seriously, and that's not frivolous at all, and therefore he's allowing the husband to have authority, right, to reverse that, that neder. Okay. So says the Gemara, however, honey, habal Yeah, that's only if you hold of this idea that things that have to do with intimacy between the husband and wife, the husband can, in fact, undo. How are you going to reconcile the rabiosi between the mission and the Brisa according to the uh, position that a husband cannot um, undo frivolous things in the case where, even in case of intimacy? The itmar, because we did have that, uh, precedent for that. Because it said, De varm shabayn alabaynah, amar balmefer, and Revadabar ava amar ainabalmefer. Revadabar actually held that even in matters of intimacy, ainabalmefer, the husband cannot annul those vows. Shalom, atzini, shu'al, shames, balfar It's a interesting idea. It's a phrase involving to do with a, a foxhole. Um, in a foxhole, there's two things you're not going to find. No atheist in a foxhole. You're also not going to find a, a dead fox in a foxhole. What does that mean? The dead fox, what it really means is he knows, he's so familiar with his foxhole, he's not going to get entrapped within his own foxhole. That's what it basically means. There's an issue here. I mean, the literal translation here has something to do with um, with the husband getting entangled in his wife's uh, hair during intimacy. I don't. I can't claim to fully understand what that means other than to say that there's it's a Dava Shabina It's an intimate thing, and the husband is concerned about it, and it is that, right, that Ravada Hava is not concerned. Because he's saying, you know what? He they're, they're making it work, right? He's getting by. That's the analogy to a fox in his own foxhole. He's familiar with his own foxhole, and therefore this husband is familiar with his wife. These issues of intimacy between him and her are not uh they're not game break they're not they're not uh, deal breakers, right? They're managing to have an intimate life with or without these things. And it is for that reason that Ravada Barahava is not taking those things seriously. He's still treating them as frivolous things. And therefore, he is going to not allow, right, the Afaristan to that, in those scenarios. Okay. So, since we have Ravada Barahava in his shita, that he doesn't take that seriously, we're no longer uh, able to use this uh, Dover, as a reconciliation of Yavyoshi Shita. So it says the Gemara, therefore, how are you going to reconcile it? Oh, so maybe it's not so much the thing itself inherently, whether you can annul it and whether it's frivolous or not. But maybe they actually explicitly tied it to the Tashmashemita, which is to say you know, she linked it to the nether. She said, you know, there is going to be no Tashma unless I use these perfume things. Or I use whatever these adornments. The Amra, hanas tashmi kashet, says the Gemara, right? In other words, she explicitly says, you're, you're, you're not gonna, so this is an interesting thing. And again, she is, what she, what is she doing? That the pleasure of the tashmish with you is gonna be forbidden to me, she says, if I adorn myself. So that is certainly gonna be impinging, but it's impinging in the way that we talked about before, right? The modahana, Right, when we says when, when let's say Sam is modahana from Frank. So now Frank is not allowed to give him anything. That's interesting. So here again, we have this reciprocity of the relationship. And so what is he going to do? The husband's like confused now. She's not allowed to have the hana. So as we say, this is actually something that was addressed by Rav Kahana as follows. says the Gemara, Right, if the wife says, you can't have, to the husband, you can't have any Hanas Tashmish. So, Kofor Misham Shoto. So, that, she is, Neder is nonsensical, right? We're going to throw that out. He can ignore that because, after all, she's not allowed to, right, to take that away from him. However, Hanas Tashmishai Chalai. But if she says that she can't have, right, the Hanas Tashmish with him, so then, Yofir, so then that, the husband has to be Mayfer. That he would have to, um, why? Because the Ain, ma machin. La adam davar aser lo. That's some. This we've been discussing already, right? Uh, a whole amud and a half of cases, and this Rev. Kahana statement is really the underpinning of all those cases because you're not allowed to be responsible for somebody else to get the Hanah, which they had vowed away, so to speak, literally and figuratively, right? And therefore, it is for that reason that we can't, right? So Sam, even in the earlier case of the Hanvani, Sam can't give it to Frank because he was mother Hanah and he's being machil adam davashar asr lo. He would be the facilitator of him having this thing which he had vowed not to have. And therefore, that is Asr. Okay, so then the Gemara says, so wait a minute, you know, this whole thing was predicated on the fact that she's going to be adorning herself, and thus that's going to make her ushered for Tashmish. So maybe the best way to get out of it is maybe don't adorn yourself, and then you won't be usher, and so we have a workaround. Why are we, why are we talking about this, right, this nether that's affecting their intimacy, just, a, and so, Right, so why would her husband even be allowed to be made for this nether when he has another option of, where, of getting out of it, namely, by just, she lets, tell her, don't adorn yourself, and then we don't have any issues. So says the Gemara, Im Kain, Karolam and Yeah, that's not a way to live, man. If, if she's not allowed to do that, everybody's going to call her repulsive. That's not an option, okay? So anyway, so Shmuel now, still has a problem with the last case of our Mishnah because we have a machlokas there between Tanakama and Rabbi Yossi where the wife vowed about adorning herself and the Tanakama said that he has to divorce her immediately. And that is a contradiction with Shmuel, right? Rabbi Shmuel had the machlokas. Anytime we have to divorce her uh, immediately, Shmuel going to have to explain it. Because typically, Shmuel has this reconciliation issue where anything, any vow of any kind, we should at least wait for 30 days to see if we can actually get out of it. So says the Gemara, we're making the same suggestion again. Maybe you're going to say that she should, after all, adorn herself, be forbidden, and maybe that's not the end of the world. Maybe, okay, so to not adorn yourself is not an option because she's going to be in So let her adorn herself. Okay, so they're not going to have Tashmish, but they could still live. Again, this is not like Mizonos that you have to have every day. Right, at least okay. So you're not gonna you're not gonna have every day, and we're not gonna wait thirty days like Shmuel. But at least wait. Remember, ten blot ago when we had this issue with the same idea of the of the Modar Hana with the Tashmish, we said that there's a about whether this can go on for a week or two before we start uh, talking about proceedings and and getting a ksuba. So, uh, you know, and getting the super payout in the divorce. But at least it should be a week or two. Why is our Mishnah saying that it has to be right away? So it says, Yeah. Shmuel, right, this whole idea of reconciliation was when it was the husband who made the neder. Adra ihu. And therefore, he's not compelled to divorce her immediately. The So that's the concept that we were saying before. That any time when the husband's saying it like in the heat of the moment, right, she is still holding on to their relationship. She thinks, right now, right now, he's angry. It's the heat of the moment. But he'll calm down, right? As we've said before. In a case where she's the one that's the source of the nether, then we don't have such expectations. Ooh, his his silence speaks volumes. The fact that he was Ishtik when I gave the nether, she thinks right away that this is a hopeless cause, right? She's holding on to re- possible reconciliation if, it's, if it was he who made the neder. But if it was her who made the nether, she has no such ex- expectations. And therefore, it is in that case that we're saying in our Mishnah that, that we don't allow the reconciliation. We are assuming that it's a lost cause right away. And again, it's dependent on her das at the time, right? If her das is that it's, an over, it's a done deal, then that's how we treat it. And so then uh, with... Uh, one minute we have left. We're two dots in the middle. Oh, we're almost at the mission. Right? We didn't, it's open-ended. It's categorical. The question here is, how long is forever? So it's either 12 months. According to Rabbi it's 10 years. Or one regal. What do they base it on? It doesn't really say. Okay, but that's, that's the that's what's considered, right, an indefinite amount of time. At a certain point, it does say the svara for Ravchishtavaravimi, that in other words, every every yuntiv is when they're actually going to get new stuff. And therefore, that would be the cutoff point. Uvashir, What about wealthy women, maximum 30 days? Mishnah yom. Where's 30 days coming from? sheken isha nenes kishuta Prominent women, they put on the fragrance every 30 days. And that's why it's the 30-day cutoff. And so, Be'ezat Hashem, we'll continue tomorrow in the Mishnah, um, on ein Amud amodbez.